so I don't forget. Um, so I was taking a lot of my stuff from uh, Anthony Sweat's Education Week class, and he was talking about all of the implications of the word of wisdom in their daily life as they would prepare for the school of the prophets each day and i was like oh man that's like really cool stuff and then uh like i said i wasn't expecting to like kind of be blown away by it but um reading uh, gunderson's book and, and alicia bookfield's uh, study guide there i was just like oh my goodness i am not living the word of wisdom like at all and i need to like <laughs> repent and reform <laughs> and so it, it took me on a whole different trip than i was expecting but uh good both ways right yeah. <laughs> painful <laughs> with me but i just did not expect that's just we really grow up with certain ideas yeah it's weird but a lot of it does resonate that it is like a higher, holier kind of way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, so I've been looking at recipes I've been, <laughs> and I hate lentils. So I'm like, how am I going to incorporate this in my life? Uh -huh. like, and to not have meat at every, like, I don't eat, a, I don't love meat, but even like a sandwich, like you have meat, you usually have some meat on it. Yeah. But I really love cheese, so I guess cheese is my new friend. <laughs> you started meat? Yeah, have you read the appendix yet of Gunderson's book? I didn't read the, I got halfway through it. Oh, yeah, just wait. Yeah. <laughs> I like that, just wait. Just to say, just to say, um, little comment um, i actually have made my living um, as a private holistic chef in california specializing in word of wisdom diets for people who are not lds many of yeah. my clients were um from the house of israel oh yeah <clears throat> so fun are you gonna cook so for us i learned my way around the kitchen i started having at the, about the age of 18 just no reason at all just woke up one day and said i'm not gonna eat any more meat mm -hmm. and you know i'm not saying that since that point no meat has ever touched my lips but it became a very important part of my progression as a person on this earth was to really learn my way around the kitchen through using those foods other than meat and i became so confident in it that when a client would request me, I would go, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh no. <laughs> you have some great recipes, Lisa. I do. I'm just trying to find someone to help me to put my cookbook, which is all done, except I don't have technological skills, Tracy. And so I need somebody to help me to do the photos with the recipes so that it can be printed. And I have a website um, if you wanted to take a look at just getting ideas because my, my website is totally pictorially oriented. I did a lot of classes and I did a lot of parties in California. And so, yes, but if you have any questions or anything that you have, a, you know, just an inclination for, just let me know. You're always well, just, welcome. Just give us each a recipe and then give us an assignment that we have to focus on it for you. Oh, 
good. <laughs> yeah, let's do a little bartering, huh? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm all in, but I'm just like, I kind of was trying some of my recipes this weekend without meat. Yes. They weren't the same. Nope. I can do it, but then I got to thinking, okay, so is it okay if you use, like you're making a rice dish with a chicken broth in it? Is it okay to still use chicken broth? I mean, I'm, it depends I'm, on what you feel led to do. There's a lot of good vegetable broths that add such, if you learn how to use the umami flavors that the Japanese right. do, that you can infuse into broths that nobody will ever. I used to make like vegan risottos that nobody, nobody knew. Okay, so that's what I need to learn how to do. In them. And I have a so, sale on a whole bunch of food storage. <laughs> and it's not going to be wanted at yeah. my house. Yeah, but it's super fun. You can, I think that's an excellent idea, Tracy, to update your favorite recipes, to update them to kind of like your, whatever your version of, you know, that you're aspiring to right now, whatever that is right for you. <laughs> yeah. I had an old friend who's very famous. I won't mention his name. He's actually taught like thousands of people, 20,000 people at a time in New York. But he always said everybody's diet's perfect because it reflects the level of consciousness that they're at. So in other words, your diet's perfect. Whatever you're doing, it's, it's perfect. So, but we're all on an evolution. And that's what I try to do is support people as, you know, are creating those evolutionary changes. Mm -hmm. So yeah. anyway, I've taken up enough time, Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> Um, let's do go ahead and, and get started. Um, let's see, Laura, would you give us a, a word of prayer? Sure. Thank you. Our Father in heaven, we come to thee with um, willing hearts to learn and understand better um, the word of wisdom and <laughs> the gospel. And we invite thy spirit to be with us, to teach us and help us um, understand and remember the things that we learn and to have the courage to share them with those around us. And we're grateful for, um, for all our many blessings and we ask these things humbly in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. All right, well, um, like, I can't remember exactly what I found. I think I told this group, but I can't remember. Anyway, I'm gonna go through it again because I think it's so applicable to what we're studying tonight for sure. Um, with Avraham Gileadi's podcast, um, the, the one for the Sons of the Prophets, it's number 27. And if you haven't read it, I highly encourage uh, going and listening to it or, or reading it. Um, but anyway, just the first paragraph here, I think is so key into understanding the the school of the prophets and the modern application of what um, the Lord is is getting at, like his his pattern of health and and consecration. So just uh, diving into that, it says about the time of Elijah and Elisha, which coincidentally we're studying right, the, right come, now. Come follow me, right? The whirlwind happened today. Yeah. We see the emergence of a caste of ascetics called the sons of the prophets. And so looking up the word ascetics, um, it's, it's spelled A-S-C-E-T-I-C-S. Let me type that in. 
because my lisp <laughs> is probably throwing that off. But anyway, uh, a cast of aesthetics. And aesthetics is the practice of severe self-discipline and abstination from all forms <laughs> of indulgence. And so um, anyway, we see the emergence of a group of people who, in order to... Um, to come unto God, to, to level up, to ascend the ladder, whatever you want to call it, that they are practicing a intense form of self-discipline uh, from all forms of, of self-indulgence. And so, um, let's see, and it says, like the latter Dead Sea sectaries in New Testament times, they lived mostly apart from a corrupt society in a call-out type of condition and devoted their lives to God. Some additionally were Nazarites, persons who took vows of consecration to God and abstained from certain foods and practices. They generally married, but cultivated the gift of prophecy by seeking the tutelage of a man of God, such as Elijah or Elisha, to whom they looked as a spiritual father. The school of the prophets organized by the prophet Joseph Smith became a Latter-day extension of this phenomenon and has an important application in Isaiah's end time scenario. So looking forward to the end times, we have uh, the Davidic servant going to be coming on the scene and um, likely in the, the call out type of situations. I mean, if the pattern is the pattern, then, then we see that Isaiah is prophesying that there will be a call out and that call out is to facilitate a school of the prophets type organization, which is a a group of people that are practicing aesthetics or practicing a severe self-discipline in order to leaven the whole kind of a thing. Um, so anyway, I think that that's, the more and more I ponder on it, I'm like, oh my goodness, this is so interesting how the Lord is preparing um, many different people along the line um, to, to go back and take a look at the word of wisdom again and to, um, consider that in preparations for uh the second coming of the lord um many people that i've talked to with uh in our groups and and otherwise uh taking a look at, at word of wisdom i've noticed a lot of people have said that they've tried to go plant-based this last year maybe year and a half or so um without even necessarily being uh, totally focused in on the word of wisdom. They just felt that they needed to, to revamp their diet, that the Lord was prompting them in certain ways to, to do things. And I, I don't know, I just think it's all so interesting, the Lord's timing, that we're here now. And uh, the Lord instructed that this was one of the weeks that we should do with the School of the Prophets is studying uh, what he was doing uh, with the, the saints back in Kirtland. But um, anyway, any comments on that before we kind of dive into word of wisdom section 89 thinking about president nelson's um books about president nelson i guess sherry do wrote one and who else who wrote the other one um i just remember him saying or it saying that he watched his weight if he went over a pound he made sure that he didn't that he got back on course uh-huh but i don't remember anything about him not eating meat but i maybe that's part of his diet too mm -hmm. yeah um now that you say that i can't remember like exact sources and stuff but yeah he's he's a vegetarian uh, he hasn't eaten meat for qu quite a number of years interesting 
<clears throat> um, so I think that it's interesting with Sons of the Prophets, School of the Prophets, anytime that there is a, uh, a level advancement, whatever you want to call it, from the Zion Jerusalem category up to the, um, to the Sun Servant level, we see a dietary um, teaching or doctrine being um, uh, talked about. And so um, as we are looking at Isaiah's ladder and, and we've read Isaiah's, uh, Isaiah decoded and, and everything, and we're uh, working our way up wherever we're at on the ladder, uh, knowing that, um, that diet and um, self-discipline and indulgence are part of the, the Lord's refining pattern uh, up the ladder kind of a thing. Um, so for anybody that, that has, uh, read this book or, uh, uh, AWB's wisdom in his words, what were some interesting things that really stood out to you, um, that maybe you hadn't considered before or, uh, were kind of, um, new or uh, just fascinating from, from their approach. And again, if you haven't read it, that, that's totally fine, but, um, just kind of pitching that out. Um, I found from uh, Gunderson's book, the Conspiring Men chapter, uh, very enlightening about, um, in the Word of Wisdom, uh, it, it talks about this is given because of conspiring men in the last days that are, are working against us. And um, taking a, a look at temperance and, um, let's see, let me find a page on it. Yeah, so it starts on 33, uh, it's chapter three. Um, but conspiring men in the, the modern times with, with pharmacia, uh, big pharma, you know, we see, that shouldn't be uh, a shock to <laughs> most of us. I, uh, on all of our Facebook groups, I, I see a lot of that uh, happening, uh, conversations about big pharma and things. Uh, the smoking industry, uh, sugar industry, the wheat industry and how much we're we're seeing the effects of all of those um and it, it just kind of goes to show you that if there is the lord's true plan that there's always going to be counterfeits right there's always going to be satan coming in and trying to to thwart it and so we see all of these different things playing out in the last times and it just makes sense but sometimes it's a little bit hard to <laughs> stomach sometimes like oh no not my sugar oh. and i don't think about the food pyramid and what we've been brainwashed to put in our bodies yeah when they i you know i was okay with the first one the plate or the the pyramid i don't know they've changed it like three or four times and then another one came out i'm like you know what this is enough mm -hmm. This is this doesn't feel right. Yeah, yeah, it's very manipulated and and stuff. I mean, there's there's all sorts of diets now. You know, you can't have carbohydrates and and you have like all the meat in the world. And <laughs> I mean, there's so many different ones that uh, seem to be. But those aren't coming directly from the government. The food pyramid comes from the government. Yeah, Not as even. as uh, kind of a uh, suggestion for that group of people. It's crazy. Yeah, Lisa. Can you hear me okay? Uh-huh, yep. I think I, think I froze. Anyway, <laughs> okay. Um, 
I was going to say also add genetically modified organisms to the list of things created by evil and conspiring men because they actually disrupt the gut microbiome, which has a direct effect on brain function. And one of the things I always taught in my classes was to eat for clarity. And, you know, a lot of people just think, oh, clarity, yeah, I want that. But there's really a spiritual um, component of, of awareness of when you are, you know, eating correctly, your body and your brain function in such a way that your spirit is literally in a place of harmony because our bodies are as we're taught our temples mm -hmm. and my goodness what a beautiful thing we have been given to have these beautiful bodies and what they are capable of providing for us we can receive you know revelation from god and how wonderful it is to have a finely tuned sensitive body that has not been even overstimulated by all the distractions and noise, you know, almost like, you know, it's not like I'm trying to promote the yogic traditions that they understood how important it was to have a certain amount of sensory deprivation, where mm -hmm. they would actually, you know, have their ears covered, you know, their senses sort of like limited so that they could achieve their goal, which was union or being able to come into the presence of God. So they developed techniques that would help. And diet was also a very big part of that. And so our word of wisdom for our Western culture was really ahead of its time. Because, you know, even in the part you were talking about, about the evil and conspiring men, the Lord says, I have warned you and forewarn you. So well ahead of time uh, in a very, really a very timely way uh, to my, to my thinking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like um, talking about the, the warning there uh, with um, like Joseph Smith's day, uh, many people were trying to, to poison the Mormons uh, through their, their sacramental liquor and uh, not liquor. <laughs> that's the wrong word. Sacramental wine. <laughs> Why did I say that? But, um, uh, you know, like I, it, I can see a lot of uh, wisdom in uh, getting away from that because it says um, you can of your own make, right? Um, as they were surrounded by people trying to, to, to thwart uh, the plan of God, trying to poison people, uh, et cetera. And then um, uh, along that lines of forewarning people uh, for the, the coming days when everything would start hitting but yeah gmos all that kind of stuff it's like everything out there is intended to dumb us down yeah take away our connection with the divine and has it worked <laughs> yeah i mean when you talk about uh you know chlorine and fluoride for the pineal gland diet and, and exercise and all of that kind of stuff like most of the stuff that you eat in any given restaurant or fast food or anything is all processed like i mean even look at the cheese i mean it's it's basically plastic you're not even eating like animal products or or anything but um 
anyway, I, there's just so much. They're conspiring men and and they make it the cheap version, right? So that if you're on a budget or whatever, that it, it's alluring to um, <laughs> to do that because then you can have more of it and, and everything. When I was um, a real big push to do food storage uh, two years ago, just like, okay, I just need to buckle down on this, get a whole bunch of stuff. You know, it was like tempting to like, just buy all of the cheap things, you know, the off brands and, and stuff like that versus actually nutrient dense foods for for food storage um anyway I, i've kind of got a mix and i need to like revamp that now uh now that i'm uh seeing all of this a little bit more clearly this week after uh reading this book and, and others but yeah it's amazing i haven't read those books yet but they sound good uh, yeah, they're they're excellent. Um, you know, both of them are, are very little. Like this one, the, the Gunderson book is 150 pages-ish. I've got, I recorded my voice reading it on audio for anyone that wants to listen to it. Nice. Uh, I like listening. I'll do that. They're on Learning Zion. It's under week number three. Okay. Then, um, yeah, with wisdom in his words is only like 60 some odd printed pages. But yeah, um, I liked uh, in both of those and uh, one of the articles that I posted on there, it talked about the Lord's process of or the Lord's pattern for healing and how that is done through through herbs and through simple foods. Um, uh, I, I just found that very interesting how uh, all of them had examples of hey, our bodies were wrecked and our doctors couldn't figure anything out. We, are, we were developing cancers or uh, irritable bowels or Crohn's or Lyme's or, I mean, just a plethora of different things. I had celiacs. But yet, when they went to the Lord and said, hey, I'm trying here. I'm trying to live the word of wisdom or, or this or that. Like, I'm trying to be good, even though I might not understand it fully. Like, what lack I yet? All of them said, that the Lord told him, go back to the word of wisdom, because there's parts of it that you're not. And so, I mean, if you're living 80% of it and still not the, the final 20, there, there's still something to improve. But when it's all observed, according down to the jot and tittle, and according to personal revelation from the Lord, then everything fixed. Uh, with Cassidy Gunderson, didn't she say it was like two weeks? Um, that she started noticing remarkable improvements. And then within a couple of months, everything was clear on all of her tests from the doctors and everything. She didn't have any of those chronic things that she thought that she was going to not be alive much longer. Um, but with a simple uh, turning over of her uh, will to uh, the, the word of wisdom in, in its fullest, to its exactness, uh, along with um, AWB, the, uh, Alicia Blickfield, um, and with her cancer and everything, that a lot of our stuff can be fixed by, by proper diet. And, um, you know, there, there is a role for, for medicine, but there's also a, a lot to be said for the, the herbs of the field and um, many of the different things that the Lord gives us. <laughs> Tracy, I'm hopefully I'm okay to share it, but anyway, you were talking about, um, this in another group somewhere, but, um, where like some of the, the weeds that are 
coming in on your property are ones that you actually need. Like the Lord is providing through some of those herbs kind of a thing. And, and I've noticed that in my own yard, like some of the, the different things as I identify them is like, oh, I actually need that one. I've been looking for that one and it's growing right in front of me. That's awesome. I think that that really does uh, happen everywhere I move. There's this one plant that seems to follow me everywhere I go. And I have developed quite a good relationship with that plant. <laughs> you know, mine is, I, I'm not sure what it's called, but it um, has really broad leaves and then it brings up these long tentacles. And that's the psyllium husks that I need for my digestion a lot of the times to help. Oh, that's I interesting. I don't need enough fiber. And I'm like, I literally have millions of those. And so, I have a section I've let grow and I might start trying to figure out how to harvest them and stick them in little gelatin caps. Mm -hmm. That's all it is. Yeah. It's hilarious. Um, I, I think it was in Avraham's thing here as well, where he talked about that they, which it was also interesting in his email this last week, uh, he talked about uh, having no purse or script, you know, just kind of letting the Lord provide for you kind of thing. Um, but a lot of times these sons of the prophets or these ascetics that were going off um, were fully relying upon the herbs of the field, what they could gather. I mean, they weren't growing anything. They were just living off of what the Lord provided from those um it, it kind of uh, goes in with Elisha's story here where they went out to find the, the wild gourds and uh, one of them was, was poisoned, but then uh, through prayer, they uh, fixed that uh, adding meal to the pot there. But anyway, they were, they were just foragers. And uh, I found that an interesting principle of things as we're looking through Elijah and Elisha's story of how the Lord really provides. We have it, so many times throughout the scriptures and why do we think that the lord's changed and, and won't provide for us you know we have to do everything on our own we have to be completely self-sufficient yet um there, there's an interesting aspect of, of that yeah let's go with leslie and then lisa um i don't know if this fits in but i don't I don't know where else to ask <laughs> about it. Um, it's eating in this season thereof because I did plant-based for quite a few years. And I tried to follow the word of wisdom, but I didn't ever get the knack of eating in the season, especially mainly winter because you, well, first of all, you have access to all sorts of foods that <clears throat> are grapes, you know, that are not grown um here in utah so i'm just trying to figure out how without the meat that that you know i can think of squashes and potatoes but if we were back in the days before refriger refrigeration or i guess you just have the outside because it's cold but um the diet i think would be pretty limited so i'm trying to figure out how to realistically eat in the season thereof in winter time and i am mm -hmm. looking for ideas <laughs> yep 
Um, there's one of those books that I put on the, the group there, but it's uh, an LDS person that uh, is doing the word of wisdom, but in the season thereof. So there's uh, a chapter on spring, summer, winter, fall kind of thing. Um, but also, I think that there's a lot to be said for probiotics, but, at, you know, like um, one of the, the big examples that they give when, when we're talking probiotics is during the winter, you're mostly living off of, you know, sausage and potatoes and things like that without refrigeration. And so you have to have those probiotics to be able to break some of that down in your gut or else it uh, you get bloated and, uh, you know, I, I mean, it's a totally different diet in the wintertime. Um, but I, anyway, I think that um, I've been trying to do a lot of that, making my own vinegars and uh, things like that to prepare for winter um, uh, in that kind of a probiotic uh, sense. Um, but yeah, I don't know if anybody else has different ideas. I would love to, to know. Well, here's a thought that I had when you asked that question. Manna came as manna. It didn't come as a variety of flavors or looks, right? So yeah. if it's from the Lord, do you think it's really important that we have, and I'm still trying to learn this, but that we have this um, very diet? I mean, is that going to be so important? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like <laughs> what is the scotch broth or whatever that I've been doing, you know, beans, lentils, chickpeas, rice, like all of those kind of making a, a porridge out of them. It, I mean, it it gets old really quick, but at the same time, I'm alive. So. <laughs> yeah, very interesting with, with manna. I mean, the Israelites also, you know, complained about that and was like, oh, no, we had cucumbers and all that fun stuff back in Egypt. Maybe that's what we need to work on is, is repenting of our, the way we think and mm -hmm. what we, our sense of entitlement and, um, what? Our food worshiping. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <gasps> and that just makes it all the better when you get to spring and, and summer when you can harvest some of those good things are like oh yes <laughs> I, I have um you appreciate it more who are missionaries and they would go to south america every year and um every single meal was beans and rice and nothing else and it's <laughs> they realized how bratty they've been about food mm -hmm. yeah like wow I, I, <laughs> there's a spoiled so yeah so i need to understand better this meat thing because it does say in the winter sparingly and then you said winter sausage and potatoes can you explain this to me i didn't read the oh, book yeah because i didn't explain myself very well on that did i <laughs> but like with um with a lot of the probiotic diets, they, they come from like um, like Russia or very Northern climates where there's a lot of snow and, and stuff like that. And so they, they have gourds and potatoes and you know like root vegetables, but then they also have a lot of meat to, to give some of those kinds of proteins um, throughout those winter months. And so they have to have sauerkraut on a regular basis or uh, some of these other probiotics in order to be able to digest those things. Um, but many of the, the northern climates before refrigeration, they just had to have 
um, probiotics to even survive. Um, but I, I don't know about like us in, you know, further down, like what that looks like, but you know, if, if the Lord has condoned me sparingly in uh, the season, not the season there, but in times of famine, uh, cold winter, you know, excessive need and, and things like that. Um, I think it, it probably does have, have a place, but. Camera. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's very individual. Uh, it's an inv individual journey mm -hmm. because um, I've worked with people through um, different uh, cultural lenses, such as Ayurveda and um, also traditional Chinese medicine, where they look at people's metabolic constitution and the type that they are and everybody's body is quite unique. Mm -hmm. And so being sensitive to your body enough to make correct food choices is really an individual journey. Mm -hmm. I think things like the word of wisdom are a template, but we need to work with ourselves and our bodies in a way that we honor what, what they are. Mm -hmm. And also our geographic location, as you were talking about climates, you know, living in Southern California, where I worked was quite a dip. It was much easier to teach local seasonal, you know, organic or biodynamic food choices, much easier to do that there than in some place where there's a more wintry climate and you're going to be needing to keep the body warm and energized under different conditions. So all those are just part we're so used to just being fed by an industrial food system yeah. that we almost have lost our sense of what is seasonal. What feeds my body this year? You mean I can't have watermelon in December? Yeah. You know, we do, we're confused. Our bodies, our minds are confused. And so part of this journey is getting back in touch with what is in balance, what is not counterfeit, what is true for this moment and for this body now, and how do I nourish it so that it can become a vessel that bears the light of Christ in this world. Yeah. And um, getting back to something you said earlier too about the foraging, because I did teach classes on foraging, getting familiar with what's in your environment so that you can identify them. And usually those plants, they'll show up in other environments. They just might be a little bit different, but just start with one plant and really get to know it and how, what you can do with that plant. Because plants that grow in the wild have a tremendous amount of life force energy because they're not being babied and pampered and watered and fertilized. They are survivor plants and they're very, they can be very nourishing and powerful and then for those that were kind enough to ask about recipes and whatnot i do have um a blog if you go to the website and you go to um to create uh, under is it under creations no it's under info if you go under info go to the blog i have um I have articles on preserving and the garden and pulses because they're a predictable food source for storage, you know, pulses and beans and, 
and using herbs as aqueous medicine. So there's articles where you can get some, you know, maybe some ideas and some help for your journey, whatever that is going to look like for those that are interested. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you. Let's see. Um, so Tracy says that she's lucky to have a local bakery that makes foods only in season and locally sourced. Their sandwiches don't have tomato on them in the winter. The, the grains are all locally grown and ground. Um, and it's so good. They have this seeded sourdough bread that is life. They um, Then instead of cinnamon rolls, they make a hazelnut sticky buns. The hazelnuts are grown in Oregon. Uh, that sounds amazing. Let's start one of those here. <laughs> that's um, I want some. <laughs> I think that's probably one of my biggest like hiccups to all of this is like having the time to like learn a new structure because I'm so much in the the ease category of just diet. Like I don't have time to be looking and growing. Like anyway, and so. Um, I think that's one of the, the biggest transitions for me. Like if I had a local bakery like that, I'd be like, yeah, I'll just go there every day and have them do the work for me. And um, being out here in little Malta, it's like, okay, I got to focus, <laughs> get it all planned out so that I can um, do it. Like one of my biggest goals is to like grow my own food and uh, having my garden and, and things. And man, it, it takes a lot of brain power. <laughs> Keep it simple. Mm-hmm. You know, if you've got good, if you're starting with good ingredients, they don't need a lot of accoutrement, you know, good, fresh food. Mm -hmm. It's super simple. Yeah. And keeping it like almost as raw as possible or like as close to picking it right off the, the vine kind of thing and uh, making sure to get all those nutrients. Like I'm a good snacky person. I can just go out and forage in my own garden and, <laughs> and stuff. Yeah, I tried to type in on uh, on uh, your know, chat, but it wouldn't stay. I think the plant that Tracy was talking about is called plantain, and you can't. She can uh, pick those seeds when they're dry, and she can grind them into a flour, and uh, can be used in any recipe. Interesting, fun. That's what it says in the book of. The Lost Ways. Oh, uh-huh. Uh, I've always wanted to get that book. Yeah. <laughs> I should get it. Yeah. Um, so uh, the Gundersons, has anybody watched um, Jordan Gunderson on Sisters of Liberty when he was talking about um, like herbal mectin and, you know, just herbs in general and, and his masterclass on that and everything. Anyway, I, I thought that was very interesting. And I've been uh, trying to kind of go to the Lord and study like herbs and like, okay, do I need to know all this kind of stuff? And it was like, yes. I'm like, okay, so how do I start? Because I don't have time. <laughs> but um, anyway, it's been interesting. Um, some of the books that I've been uh, getting and stuff, but this last week I was led to, um, let me see, what's that even called? I forgot the name of it. Um, the medicine wheel garden. If anybody's heard of that, it, it, it just kind of blew my mind. But um, looking at the Native Americans and how they would grow their med medicinal herbs, and um, they had quite a process with it, where they uh, created a, a plot that was a circle, and they divided it into four. And so there's four different quadrants of this circle with a 
an altar or a peace pole. I mean, different ones had different things in the center, but um, the, the four different quadrants of the, the medicinal garden that they would grow were, um, were representative of the, the four different um, colors. Like when we studied Lance Richardson, you know, like the white, the black, the red, the yellow, um, the four different skin colors there. Um, so they have a white quadrant, a yellow quadrant, a red quadrant, black quadrant. And um, anyway, so uh, oftentimes the, the medicine men or the shaman or, or whoever would go into the, the middle, you know, with much ritual and uh, uh, anyway, connecting with God, go and kneel at the altar or the peace pole or, or whatever and pray to the Lord over what was needed. Like, hey, there's this person that has this ailment or whatever. Now I'm surrounded by your medicine cabinet. And what do I need for this person? And then they would receive answers and, and go and gather um, uh, certain herbs, make poultices, make tinctures, make whatever. And um, anyway, that, that was kind of their process. And I found that very interesting, taking that and, and all of this learning from like um, Jordan Gunderson and uh, just herbs was um, uh, a big journey this last week for me. But um yeah, I <laughs> I almost want to like um, I forget what the the name of the school is that, that Jordan went to his um, herbalist school, but he highly recommends it. Uh, kind of start looking on um, some of those things. Um, let's see, where do we go next? So let's talk about the destroying angel. So if we open up uh, DNC uh, 89, I thought I had it open just a second. Um, it, it's, it's very chiastic in nature, the, the whole section. And where it starts, um, it, it kind of ties in uh, there at the end and so here's the the blessings of of the word of wisdom which i mean we we focus on but i don't know if we necessarily focus on it enough but um it says and all saints who remember to keep and do these sayings walking in obedience to the commandments shall receive health in their navel and marrow in their bones and shall find wisdom and great treasures of knowledge even hidden treasures and shall run and not be weary, and shall walk and not faint. And I, the Lord, give unto them a promise that the destroying angel shall pass by them as the children of Israel and not slay them. Um, just this uh, last week in Isaiah Decoded, we were talking about um, kind of the pattern of, of the Passover, of marking the doorposts, of preparing ourselves for this destroying angel. And, you know, as all of us have studied in lots of different ways, there's so many patterns and types and prophecies of the destroying angel of the last days. Like we are going to have plagues and desolation and things, but there is going to be a specific destroying angel that, that comes. And what has the Lord done to help prepare us for it? Specifically, section 89, as given to the school of the prophets, after the pattern of sons of the prophets, etc., that somehow this dietary restriction, not restriction, <laughs> re 
the do's, the don'ts, the sometimes, all of that is the marking of the doorposts for our day when the destroying angel does come that we can be uh, passed over. And, and I think that that's, I mean, we think about it, but sometimes I think in a, a general Sunday school type context, we just kind of do it tongue in cheek of like, oh yeah, that happened back then. But, you know, is there a destroying angel today when, yeah, there there is. I mean, we know that all things are going to uh, repeat in the end times and anyway it, it just hit me like a ton of bricks this uh this last week of get on it all right I, this, it's time to to do this to um fix my my body my health get in more uh communion with god through uh abstaining and, and self-discipline and, and things and prepare for this destroying angel and help others to to do so uh, as well i don't know Aaron, do you feel thought? like this is um essential in renewing of bodies or translation yes i i would say so um like what was the point of the school of the prophets they were to get their second comforter many of them went on to uh, translation and, and things as well but um yeah it, it seems like that refining of the bodies and like lisa was talking about earlier getting our spirit and our physical bodies in alignment through um that as well but um, wait a second back up a second you said translation were some of them translated as a record of that well many of them that were in the school of the prophets if you go back and look at their patriarchal blessings that they were promised translation so i assume they i we don't have like actual records of hey they were translated but i guess we wouldn't um, have records right yeah <laughs> I, I guess we really wouldn't have records I have um, had that overwhelming feeling that um, this is what we're preparing for. This is what we need to be mindful for. This is what we need to be asking and praying for and seeking how to obtain a renewing of body and, and translation and understanding. Also that we all have different missions and they're going to like different. And some of us may not be here. Some of us may pass on the other side and that's still a valid mission yeah exactly in the millennium the lions will lay with the lambs nobody's going to be eating anybody mm -hmm. yeah it's all going to be uh, done away with and living mm -hmm. a higher uh, form of it so when in think, the, uh, oh, sorry, state, as well as the the terrestrial state or whatever that those things just don't exist there's there's not that Mm -hmm. assumption food chain kind of thing yeah sorry Cameron I think that that what you were just alluding to your conversation you and Laura is really um connecting with that sisters of liberty um link that you sent about the difference between where we're living right now in this you know telestial environment and you know where it is that what, did he, what was that phrase he used, Cameron? Mortality um, um, is murder to get gain or something yeah, yeah. like that. Yeah, murder to get gain. Right, where we're all in a way living off of another, you know, life form in a way. There's this sort of um, 
survival. Yeah. And we live Something in, a, we live in a, a place where death is the reality. We're all in a state of entropy. We're all in a state of dying. And there, the way to reverse entropy is to then take the steps, the covenant steps and the steps probably like what we're talking about right now that are able to begin to reverse that entropy. Yeah, that's the thing that I was trying to remember at the beginning of class. I was like, there was something else that I was going to recommend. Yeah, if anybody hasn't watched Todd McLaughlin's most recent Sisters of Liberty on the, the law of entropy, consecration and all of that, Oh man, like it, it, it speaks a lot to word of wisdom in, in general. And, and I don't think that there's any coincidence that that comes up right as we're studying this, like to help piggyback off of it and, and deepen the understanding there. So yeah, I listened to it this morning and I was blown away and I thought, wow, this, it was so amazing because I had asked my very first question to Avraham, which Avraham did not answer because he says, I'm not really familiar with this the history of the early saints, but I was, had been studying Avraham and, you know, getting very familiar and kind of aware of exoduses and, you know, Moses taking the children of Israel and how that there's going to be end time exoduses. So this was really fermenting in my mind. And so I wanted to ask Abraham because I'd also been reading, you know, through our come follow me studies, but about the early saints, they didn't have a cloud of of um, smoke by day and a pillar of fire by night when they crossed the plains, were they under some sort of condemnation? Mm -hmm. And so I asked Abraham and he didn't answer it. He just basically said, I'm, you know, I don't do early church history. But when I listened to this wonderful Todd McLaughlin or whatever his name is, he answered that question beautifully. Mm -hmm beautifully and i was so excited i've been thinking about that for so long and to have that answer just arrive so crystal clear i can't recommend that video enough mm -hmm. lisa what was the answer that he gave they were under condemnation okay yeah that's why they were being driven and smitten because they were not able to live up to the covenants that the Lord had given given them to live, which was basically the law of consecration. Mm -hmm. yeah. Fascinating. And it all made so much, you know, it was beautiful the way it made sense. It was just inspired. Yeah. Yeah, Leslie. Um, can we read? Out of, is it Allison? Is that her? Alicia. Alicia. Yeah, out of her bit, book 40, page 43, and part of 44. Um, it's about verse 20, and I think, and maybe in 21, I don't know. Um, Do you want to read it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. So I'm just reading everything on verse 20 there. Yeah, right where it says, um, 
it is hard to fathom the depth right before it says verse 20. Okay. And then, um, and then go to, let's, let's really focus on the Orson Pratt quotes, quote, when, gotcha. thank you. Uh-huh. So it says, it is hard to fathom the depth of what the Savior is willing to give to us, but it is worth every sacrifice we make to receive those gifts. Are you ready? And verse 20 of section 89, and shall run and not be weary, and shall walk and not faint. And so do you want me to go through those definitions and everything as well? I think so. Uh-huh. So um, the footnote for uh, run in that verse says, from Isaiah 40, 31, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength and they shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary and they shall walk and not faint. Then in the topical guide for strength, um, there's four bullet points. Number one, wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. The strength of the Lord, thou canst do all things. Love God with all your might, mind, and strength. Four stakes for the curtains or the strength of Zion. And then uh, for more, see Appendix 20A. And I'm guessing that's in this book, right? And um, then it, this is her commentary on that verse. It says, we gain all the strength we will ever need through Christ. Once again, feels to me as though the Lord is speaking of translation. What What's else are we speaking of? We're on page 43, Tracy. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, perhaps he is speaking of resurrection, you might ask, but then again, everyone gets that gift in the end. And this is for now, the last days. As we prepare the world for the second coming, this entire section feels like an endowment of power to stand with Jesus Christ, but not only an endowment of physical health, something greater. How could we bear off the kingdom without his power? I'm guessing we could not. Orson Pratt said, quote, he will purify not only the minds of the priesthood in that temple, New Jerusalem, but he will purify their bodies until they shall be quickened and renewed and strengthened, and they will be partially changed, not to immortality, but changed in part that they can be filled with the power of God, and they can stand in the presence of God and behold his face in the midst of that temple. And is this still continuing on with Orson Pratt? Yeah. Um, yep. This will prepare them for further ministrations among the nations of the earth. It will prepare them to go forth in the days of tribulation and vengeance upon the nations of the wicked. When God will smite them with pestilence, plague, and earthquake, such as former generations never knew. Then the servants of God will need to be armed with the power of God. They will need to have that sealing blessing pronounced upon their foreheads that they can stand forth in the midst of those desolations and plagues and not be overcome by them. When John the Revelator describes this scene, he says he saw four angels sent forth ready to hold the four winds that should blow from the four quarters of heaven. Another angel ascended from the east and cried to the four angels and said, smite not the earth now, but wait a little while. How long? Until the servants of God are sealed in their foreheads. What for? To prepare them to stand forth in the midst of those desolations and plagues and not be overcome. 
when they are prepared, when they have received a renewal of their bodies in the Lord's temple and have been filled with the uh, Holy Ghost and purified as gold and silver in a furnace of fire, then they will be prepared to stand before the nations of the earth and preach glad tidings of salvation in the midst of judgments that are to come like a whirlwind upon the wicked. Is that everything or should I continue on with her commentary? That's the that's end good. of Thank Orson Pratt's quote. That's good. What, what are we reading yeah. from? Uh-huh. So it's called Wisdom in His Words um, okay. by AWB, Alicia Blickfield. And, and this little pamphlet book thing is available on Learning Zion there. Oh, where will I find it there? Uh-huh. So it's under the Word of Wisdom for week three. Uh, week three. Okay. Yeah. It's so good. Um, beautiful. So we talk about being an instrument in the Lord's hands. President Nelson has talked with us about um, being armed with the power of God and being able to, I'll, I'll be out in a minute, <clears throat> uh, to be able to do the things that we need to do. He says it in hear him and in spiritual treasures. And um, I don't see how we can really be instruments of the Lord in his hands without going through this process of that um, has to do with the um, word of wisdom and, and being, what word that you used again? Aesthetic? Aesthetics, uh-huh. Yeah, being um, like the Daniel diet. He didn't do that diet for just 21 days. He did it for, I want to say like three years. And who knows how, maybe maybe that's the way he ate. I don't know. But um, the tongues, you know, they, they can cut. They can, they can cut with words, but they can also just destroy us as, um, as diligent people. And so I've gotten such a testimony the last two weeks of, as I've been studying this, I already had a testimony of, um, of Heavenly Father and me, but just the, the whole bit has been um, just a very sacred experience here. Um, as I was studying this morning, the Lord taught me something and he said that we are uh, to be built from life and not from death. And that um, our new cells are created from life. And I think of mother's milk and how that's a living food. And, and um, there are times, yes, when meat could be acceptable, but I think it's so much the exception to the rule than, than the rule um, itself. And he said, um, he said, if you actually need flesh to subsist, then the animal itself will say, it as God does and then it will be renewing to me and um, it will be life-giving the animal I didn't know this before since so the animal um, this might sound weird and I'm sorry but it was it's truth that um, since all things are present before God if if you are eating it with God's blessing the animal either will or have has already willingly given its life for 
us and then then it will give us life otherwise we are taking its life if we are not eating it when we're supposed to and um nothing good ultimately will come from that and i bear testimony that this is true and um god will give us answers if we really really want them and we might not otherwise and we're left to ourselves thank Amen. you Leslie. i wanted to add something to what you said because um if we are in a situation where it is necessary to take the life of an animal and eat it for whatever reason, I think that our consciousness as we do that makes a tremendous difference because it allows the animal to sacrifice itself for a light, higher life form and a higher consciousness to, to become articulated on earth. So there's something very spiritual in that. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's filling the measure of its creation in, in a way by, by doing that. But boy, mm -hmm. if we put without that, mm -hmm. it's very, it's very condemning to us. And we don't even, we don't even know it. Amen to that. We know it now. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you I should have put disclaimer you at the beginning. <laughs> you can't come back. So from what about so what about in the Book of Mormon? I'm not I'm not one bit disputing anything anyone's saying. I just have a question. What about in the Book of Mormon when it talks about how they ate meat and how strong they were and how it fulfilled them and what I wonder did the meat did it not meet did it not mean animals? And why, like that is specifically says that they ate meat in the wilderness and they became so strong. I wonder why, I'm, I'm not disputing anything. Oh, are you talking about to like uh, in like the wilderness journey, Nephi, when they're leaving Jerusalem? Yeah. 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 And that they were eating like the, it doesn't say like raw meat too. Like it became yeah, sweet. They were just having, it was sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't know specifically, but I just was all of a sudden thinking, I wonder where that fits in or if we've misunderstood it or it, what. There's, and or maybe one of those books addressed it. I didn't read all the books. There's four I, things that are talked about. Um, cold, famine, um, winter, cold, famine, and excess of hunger. And so they were going to starve if they didn't have meat to eat. So to me, that's where that fits in. Mm -hmm. With, with that. And so, so in mm -hmm. our last four ordinations chat, we talked about Levi Savage, from Hanks, and um, that's, anyway, <laughs> I almost get teared up when, when I, oh, I know. think about that story. But, you know, like Ephraim Hanks is like on the rescue. He's going to, to save mm -hmm. these people. And the he prays to the Lord, and the bison presents himself as the, the offering, right? He goes right to the spot where when he gets shot that he rolls right down into Ephraim Hanks's uh, place there and that he can easily uh, cut and dress this uh, offering for these people. And, you know, uh, many of them uh, probably, <laughs> it, it's kind of an interesting story or whatever, but he brings it into the camp and they all receive it and then they have to go cook it. Or I, he never mentions the cooking of it. And I wonder if it is very similar to the, yeah, Nephite story where the the meat was just sweet unto them and they could eat it uh, and 
Um, okay, thank you. But yeah, a, a very interesting parallel to, to bring in there. But um, I love that part, uh, Cameron, where the animal presented itself for sacrifice. That was definitely the hand of the Lord in that, and it was like a miracle. Yeah, it was a miracle. And, and so, um, in the the Word of Wisdom book from Gunderson's, uh, chapter five is the sometimes. It's the meat category here. But um, a few points that they uh, point out is the taking, it, it's not as much about just eating meat, but it's about the actual killing. And um, I, you know, I've noticed this as past few years, I've, I've raised meat birds, butchered them kind of a thing. Uh, the first year, I, it was super hard to, to kill my first two chickens. And I, I don't know, I, <laughs> I've, I've never killed anything before. And, and it was hard. And then the next year, a little bit easier. But this year, when I did it, I, you know, <laughs> rat myself out here but uh a few weeks ago my my meat birds were were getting to the point where they needed and i had zero qualms about it i mean there i mean there was no flinching in my body like it it was just a normal natural thing to to take a life and stuff and after i got this the the lord pointed me back to that and he's like see that principle that they're pointing out in the book it's more about murder than it is about just eating the meat that needs to be consumed in times of famine or whatever you know because i was i was rationalizing like oh yeah i'm putting this up for food storage you know meat birds are a good source of protein when uh winter or famine or times of need or whatever but it was like look at how callous you became in in the killing and, and slaughtering of that animal kind of a thing it it really did a number on me <laughs> i had to do um some repenting of that and um Another thing that they talk about in that chapter is that um, anytime that we're having a group of people that are degenerating in the scriptures, it often labels them as bloodthirsty people. And does that mean that they're, you know, um, cannibals eating their, their own kind? Or are they bloodthirsty just in the fact that they just kill and eat meat when when there's no need, like they're, they're just bloodthirsty. They, they love to kill and love to hunt for the sport of it. Um, rather than, you know, having those, those willing sacrifices by the animals to give us life when, when necessary kind of a thing. So I found that chapter like a little bit heartbreaking <laughs> for, for my own case or whatever, but, um, just very poignant and like, huh, I, I think I get it now, and, and I think I understand what the, the Lord's purpose for having given us the animal kingdom for kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Lisa. Um, I am going to uh, add a little perspective to that as well. Um, when I lived in the Middle East, um, we lived in a country where they had an executioner. It almost makes my heart start to beat just talking about it. Um, it was a very strict Islamic country. And every week in the town square, they held public executions. And people would go and they would watch and they'd push their children out to see it. And 
I can't imagine the hardening effect that that would have upon a person. But the most telling part of that came later when a friend of ours had had dinner with some very high up people in the country. And one of them was the executioner. And he wore uh, body armor and, and weaponry on him all the time. And he said that he would never want his son to, to, to have his profession. He said, you develop blood lust. And he said that they had to supply him with enormous amounts of animals so that he could kill every single day. I can't imagine how much that would destroy a person. Oh. Yeah, completely desensitized. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it makes your heart skip a beat there. Like, mm. yeah, I and and. I mean, not to be morose or anything, but like, what what's in the future in the tribulations with all of the the warfare and and Satan's plan of attack for for the end times? Like, we're probably going to have to to see a lot of um, all of that. And if if we are living the pattern that that God has set forth, um, kind of that ascetic lifestyle, uh, strict. Uh, self-discipline and, and things weaning ourselves off of that in order to I, I mean in a very real sense school of the prophets sons of the prophets all had um the the same object in mind to cleanse themselves of the blood and sins of this generation mm -hmm. and um I, I think that is is paramount to like in that, that story that you shared like <laughs> there's such extreme wickedness and uh, being able to to actually be cleansed of that and do our part in order to to lift the whole because um, we are the the salt of the earth the leaven of the earth the light unto the world um, and many have we I don't know we just live in a cushy western civilization with tons of blessings and we don't realize um, all the stuff that's that's headed our way you know, we are, are, and I've said this before, we are all on our wilderness journey right now. We are taking ourselves out of Babylon, layer by layer, step by step, each of us receiving our promptings and doing what we can to free ourselves from what will fetter us and not free us. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, it's very very harrowing but um look at the the mission that that's ahead of us you know like we've talked about um you know from uh, alicia's uh, pamphlet here uh, looking at orson pratt's quote like what else are all of these things for but to to fulfill our end time missions to to fight on the lord's side of the line and bring back as many souls as we can if that takes me going without meat, you know, living a, a different lifestyle, I, you know, sign me up because this is, um, this, this is it, you know, like President Nelson, go uh, time, often quoted, 
Are, are you willing to be part of the greatest work that's ever been you know, commissioned amongst the labors of the vineyard? Like, this is it. Are you, are you ready? And, and how do we get prepared? I, I think that there's a lot of, yes. yeah, a lot of patterns to be learned from the school of the prophets. And, you know, I find it so interesting not to, uh, I was there too, but um, to notice how many people don't even know what the lectures on faith or the school of the prophets even is. Uh, you know, I, I mentioned that that's what we're studying in uh, our book club. I'm like, what, what is that? It's like, it's kind of the pattern of uh, ascension, uh, honestly, and uh, it, it's there for us to to glean and learn from if we we choose to. I, Thank you for organizing this platform for all of us, Cameron. It it wasn't me. I'm just I'm trying to do as my <laughs> trying to act on the promptings as fast as my little feet can go. <laughs> Thank you for following your promptings. Yeah. Well, um. So anything else on word of the wisdom, word of the wisdom um, in general or, or any of this before we kind of talk about our homework for next week and everything? I have a question. I haven't read those books yet, but um, is eggs and milk and cheese and stuff, is that part of the no meat? So that is the opinion of the Gundersons. Um, if you'll read the appendix in here, um, they, they talk about... Um, uh, dairy, eggs, and wine. Uh, they talk about all of those and what that possibly could be. They, they give their opinion on it. Um, but I think, you know, it, it all is very much an individualized journey. And where this is very strict, but yet it's also very open-ended. So it, it gives latitude to go to the Lord and say, what do you need me to do? I, I wouldn't even venture to, to answer the question, but uh, according to, to Gunderson's, in their own personal diet, the Lord has led them off of those things, and they've benefited thereby. But yeah, I don't know. I, I'm still, I've got all my chickens, right? Like, I've got like 70-something chickens, and I'm still drying my eggs like crazy for a time of winter, but, you know. Somebody's going to use them. <laughs> and it might get cold, and it definitely will become a famine, so I guess I'm not going to get rid of any of my food storage. <laughs> Mm -hmm. <laughs> that now. Do you remember the talk that um who was it lived behind his parents' house with his family and it was time for them to go? And he said, um, are you ready to go? Or what can you it was Elder Irene. President Irene said that? Mm -hmm. Yes, it was Elder Irene. You need, do you know the name of that talk? Um it's a oh, beautiful talk. I recent. remember it. It's fairly recent. I think I, it was spring or fall. I, it was last fall. Last fall? Yeah, I think it was something like ready to go or something. I'll look it up if you want. So when, when you said that, did it make you feel like that maybe sometimes we're preparing for someone else? Mm -hmm. And that yeah. we need to be able to just walk away? Mm -hmm. That was I thought. I, I need to do and gather because I, I feel inspired to do that. I, I need to be able to just walk away. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel that a lot too, in different ways. Cameron, you, know? you told me that you were thought you'd leave your food storage for someone else. So <laughs> that's mm -hmm. a good attitude to have. 
you know, yeah. have your food storage, be prepared, but be ready that, you know what, you may be leaving it for someone else as you are called to go somewhere. Yeah. And boy, will they be well prepared. <laughs> Hopefully. That's why it's kind of interesting as you're going to the Lord and asking, what do I need to prepare? Like sometimes he's like, bulk up on this, like to a weird amount. And then like, just kind of forget about this. And I'm like, well, shouldn't I be well-rounded? And it's like, no, other people have got that prepared. Like, don't worry about other people's revelations. I'm telling you to get this. This is what you need. Uh, you know, it, it's all interesting how that plays out. I'm super excited. I look forward to the day when I can like look back on everything and be like, oh, okay. Oh, I, I see where you were headed I with that. Didn't know. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah, we'll have to all have a big group debrief, you know, like, oh, I, oh yeah, it's right gonna a thousand years just to go back and like line item everything out and be like, oh, remember that? Remember when we talked about that in book club and like how that came to pass? Yeah. <laughs> I don't. Um, what a trip. Yeah, it, it just keeps getting more and more intense and stuff, right? <laughs> Like lectures on faith, you know, I didn't know quite what to expect. I, I just knew it was going to be intense. And then every single week has been like, boom. We haven't even earth. really started to read the book yet. Yeah, we haven't even got to the lectures on faith yet. Next week I'm is our Cameron. I was led to read, read it last year and I read it, but I didn't get that much out of it because I didn't know really how to study like that. Like I didn't just, so that, just reading it by yourself. I was just like, oh, this is good. But yeah. I didn't really. It was yeah. funny because Libby and I both last year really wanted to read it. We were like, oh, that was nice. <laughs> huh? yeah. Because I didn't, I didn't really know how to, you know, deep dive into it. So this is so <laughs> awesome. Yeah, because I've been led to to read it many times, but I haven't done it at all like I'm doing it this year and stuff. So I think all of those are very preparatory things, you know, like that's what you needed to, to do back then. And, and here's now and and in the future, when you read it again, you'll probably have a whole different mission in mind when you're uh, going for it. And anyway, it, it's a fun, fun journey of learning, right? <laughs> Hope the Lord leads you. But um, like the the next two weeks, I'm looking at my my homework load that I've, cause I, I very much tried to curate the, the schedule with the Lord. Like, what do you want us to study week by week as we're going into lectures on faith and I'm, I'm looking back now at the schedule for the next two weeks and I'm like, what are we going to talk about? Like, it's like very little information. So it's, it's going to be an interesting ride. Like what the outcome section really looks like as we deep dive into that and looking in at the preface of the uh, lectures on faith. But I tell you, once we get to the actual lectures, oh my goodness, it's going to be like intense workload <laughs> getting those things um studied and memorized and all that kind of stuff um, but the next two weeks very interesting um do you know what would be super cool cameron yeah as at some point have like an online testimony meeting when we're done with this yeah that would be so cool like a group testimony meeting that would be amazing what we grow like to see how far we grow through all this yeah, I love that. I, yeah, concur. We'll we'll add that on to our our last week there. 
we might need to, like a couple different sessions for each group because you know we've got a lot of people and there's there's some big testimonies that, that probably need to be shared throughout all this um you know like i i've mentioned to a few people i'm sure but i school of the prophets will be our our last one to together we'll we'll have a different game plan as as we move forward but as far as book club this is probably the the end of the the journey and so a, a good culminating testimony meetings an excellent idea i love that wait a minute why did you decide that i don't know the lord's leading me in different directions i'm, I'm sure he's going to be leading all of us in, in different ways it'll be go time <laughs> help i've had several different strong promptings that this is the last one um, anyway um so for next week, um, we have got the outcomes of the School of the Prophets. So the difference between week four and week 13 is the outcomes are what were the spiritual blessings that they were looking for and did they achieve them kind of a thing versus uh, week 13, which is the conclusion, is kind of the aftermath of why was the lectures on faith taken out and decanonized out of the Doctrine and Covenants? And so that uh, the conclusion, I mean, they have very similar titles, but like they're very separate ideas that we're talking about. So next week is uh, talking about Second Comforter and what they were wanting to achieve, what uh, Joseph Smith was hoping for the, the group to uh, to get to, and how many of them were able to uh, to receive that second comforter in uh, the School of the Prophets, and when did they receive it? Did they receive it in the first winter, the second, third, uh, etc.? Um, so, really, there's that one link that I've got there. It's a really tiny article. It's like two paragraphs long, but I've found some other ones um, in weeks past. Uh, so, if you're going on to Learning Zion week four, like look at the homework reading, but then also go down and look at some of the links that I've posted there. But seriously, if you guys find any other things that are coming out of that, like make sure to post those so that we can all benefit from it. Um, I, I highly recommend the two-hour, uh, two-part podcast um, from Anthony Sweat talking about DNC 88. I've posted the transcripts there. I'll, I'll go ahead and post the, the videos as well, the YouTube links. Um, it's two hours, but you know, there's a lot of information about their purpose and, and some of their, their outcomes in that as well. Anyway, next week's a kind of an interesting one. I hope we have a lot to talk about, but if not, we'll, we'll just kind of open that up and anything that we have learned thus far and uh, kind of taking a look at everything before we actually hit the, the lectures on faith the following week. And everybody bring your favorite recipe. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna be trying to cook up a storm this week, trying to figure out some good things. Yeah, love that. It's amazing how all of us are kind of learning this together. I mean, except for Lisa, I mean, she's like a seasoned pro, right? <laughs> but uh, how we all bring our different talents and, and things to it and, and learning and growing together uh, on this. It's been so fun. Anybody that wants to ask me some questions is always free to. Yeah. Yeah, you can email me. Mm -hmm. Shall I add my email to this? I don't know if everybody has it. Uh -huh, yeah, yeah, go okay. ahead and put that in there.
Oops. Oh, I'm just getting it all messed up. <laughs> what am I doing? Just blame it on autocorrect. <laughs> That's what I do. Sorry, <laughs> oh, not correct. Like I've never had such a hard time. There, I think I got. Yeah, that's right. Okay, there it is. <laughs> oh. All right. Well, happy studying for this next week. We'll see y'all later. Bye. <laughs> Have a great week, everyone. Good night, everybody. Thank you, Cameron. Thank you.